We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, brought to you today by betonline.ag. we got four of the five here with you today. I'm your host, Jacob. We've got Taylor along with us. What the heck was that? Coronavirus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We've got Justin. Uh, I don't have a coronavirus sounder, and I also don't have coronavirus, so that's good news. Those, hey, you uh, don't know that. This is true. <laughs> two a two. Two a two. And we have Nick with us today. Jamal Murray does not follow the six-foot rule. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He's more of a, uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> not not social distancing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's for sure. Well, guys, uh, another week without NBA basketball. Wah, wah. So we are searching for content, and we decided we wanted to do a redraft. We thought, you know what? Let's like choose a year, and let's just redraft it. Let's let's each take a team, and we'll go through, and we'll go through like the whole first round. Then we started thinking, we're like, uh, if we do a redraft, we only get like one piece of thunder information in there. So instead, what we have decided to do today is we're going to do a complete thunder redraft. We're starting in two thousand and nine. And we're going all the way through last year, 2019. We're going to look at what picks the Thunder had in each year, who they selected, and look back in hindsight, who should they have selected? Did they take the right pick? Or in hindsight now, with the team that they had in that given year, should they have gone a different direction? So, uh, I, I mean, I guess without further ado, you guys want to dive in and start it? 
Let's do it. I'm excited. I also like that we're starting with 2009 because there's no way that OKC takes anyone other than Russell Westbrook in 2008. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Yep. And uh, 2007 was Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So there's no, they weren't taking anyone else besides him. So hard to beat those two. Exactly. So I've got 2009. Guys, in 2009, the Thunder had two draft picks uh, pick number three and pick number 25. With three, they chose James Harden. Bust. With, with 25, <laughs> they chose Rodrigue DeBoy. Is that how you say his name? Bobois. I think that's right. Bo- Bobois. That's Bobois. right. Boboy. Bobois. Boboy sounds Bo-boy. like you have a stutter. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Boboy. All right. So um, I think we're all in agreement. You don't draft anyone except James Harden in that draft, even looking back in hindsight, right? Correct. You're not taking a Ricky Rubio. You're not taking a Johnny Flynn. You could maybe make an argument for Steph Curry, but I think you still probably take James Harden. That Ooh, is a, a very, very good point. I Yeah, I missed that. Steph Curry running alongside Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. <sighs> Unbelievable. Don't, but also don't you have to look thoughts. at context at the right. time of that draft. You know, Steph Curry was a, a – I mean, people knew him because he lit up the, the NCAA tournament with Davidson, but a lot of people weren't really high on him. They didn't think – they thought he was too frail for the league. Yep. Right. And that's right. The, that's and the, also, he is a point guard, right? And, like, at this point, right. they had kind of committed to Russ being a point guard while everybody was saying, oh, he should be a shooting guard, and that whole debate was going on. Like, they were committed to, to developing Russ into a point guard and being a facilitator. And so with that in mind – Yes, you easily could have made Seth a, or sorry Steph a uh, shooting guard or kind of do what something similar with the Thunder have done this this season um, with Shea and Chris Paul, but back then I kind of that wasn't really uh, the style of play in the NBA, and so uh, I think James really fit perfect with KD and Russ, and I think in hindsight it's very you know obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, um, but it would have been nice to see James get. Well, I mean, he got quite a few minutes with KD and Russ, but even getting to start with them. Um, and, I mean, you know. But we need Tabo's defense, if. Taylor. We need yeah. Tabo's defense. It's so valuable, just like Andre Robertson's defense, right? <laughs> and Terrence Ferguson's. And Terrence Ferguson's. And... <laughs> and time is a flat circle. Yes. I say this, that a lot on this podcast. So with that uh, 25th pick for Rodrigue Dubois, is that right? Bobois. Bobois, whatever. <laughs> Bobois. <laughs> uh, the Thunder traded that pick to Dallas for pick number 24, Byron Mullins. So here is where we can have a conversation of, in hindsight, who should the Thunder have picked? Um, instead of making that trade, they could have selected guys like Tosh Gibson, Damari Carroll, Wayne Ellington, Danny Green, Patty Mills. Those are some interesting names. The obvious one for me, I think, is Danny Taylor Green. Taylor reminds me of Kel from Keenan and Kel. <laughs> I know some of these words. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of that guy. He plays um, basketball. I go with Danny Green. Hindsight being twenty twenty, I think if you can add some uh, reliable three-point shooting to those Thunder teams of old, uh, they look completely differently than they did. Agree completely. Because yeah. like Taj Gibson would have been playing the exact same position, had the, the exact same role as Nick Collison. It yep. was... Basically, I mean, if you want to call it his prime, he was in his prime at that point. Like, you weren't looking at another strong power forward like that. So I'm going Danny Green as well. Yeah, I might go uh, 
Patty Mills. I mean, he's he's a he's a good backup point guard. Obviously, the Thunder have had plenty of good backup point guards that have come and gone, but that would have been a nice uh, a nice guy to have throughout the years as well. Because this this draft also had uh, Eric Maynard in it. He was oh, drafted by yeah. Utah. So I think you think about like a Patty Mills versus Eric Maynard as your backup point guard. Obviously, I think Patty Mills is a, a better pick for that. And let's clarify, this is the 25th pick that the Thunder, just because we talked a lot since Jacob announced it. Um, these are guys that were picked after 25. Not James Harden. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, there's some good there's some good prospects. I even Wayne Ellington, you know, he's not as good of a three-point shooter as um Danny Green, but even somebody like him I think would have added something to those Thunder teams. Right. Well, even think like, I mean, yeah, you still have James Harden here, so let's say that the Thunder pick Ellington at 25 and that probably gives them even more confidence that they can trade Harden away when they did. Yeah. And we at that point we were relying on guys like Kevin Martin who was huge for that team uh the following year after trading Harden. And um you know, you have Wayne Ellington in there instead of Kmart, like, or, or you have them both. Like that floor is super spread. Um, it, it's wide open for Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant to be able to drive to the rim. That could have been really helpful. So who are we going with? 29 draft, 29, 2009 draft. I'm all out of sorts today. Number three, they're obviously taking James Harden. And with the 25th pick, the uncontested selects for the Thunder. Who are we going with? Danny Green. I'm I think going, Danny Green. Yeah, me too. I'm cool with it. Awesome. <laughs> now I want that to happen. But you, you also have to remember, like, Danny Green spent a lot of time in the G League. That's yeah. right. He was the, bounced around. the G League hero that came and won a finals. Yep. Yeah. That's true. That's good to remember, too, that, you know, early on he wasn't the kind of sharpshooter that we view him now. And you, and you got to think about fit, too. Like, a lot of the guys that – you know, have their upcoming in the NBA. It was all about, like, perfect time. You know, perfect team, perfect time. If, if he would have been in Oklahoma City, maybe he never would have made his way out of the G League. Never maybe panned out. Yep. Playing sure. overseas right now. You never know. Yep. It's crazy. Well, let's move to 2010, shall we? Um, 2010 is one of the more confusing Thunder drafts in terms of tracking everything that actually happened. The Thunder had four picks in the 2010 draft uh at the pick number 18 they selected eric bledsoe but on draft night they traded eric bledsoe to the clippers for a first round pick in the 2012 draft which they then traded to the boston celtics for kendrick perkins and nate robinson they also at 21 drafted craig brackens and at 26 drafted quincy pondexter who were both traded to new orleans for cole aldrich who was drafted at 11. And then last but not least, uh, in the second <laughs> round, they selected Magnum Rolly. What a name. I had no idea was a real person or a basketball player. Um, he played 15 games in the D-League, and that is it. Which is really unfortunate because he has the perfect name to be a great basketball player. The pick and Rolly. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> and like Magnum, like it's like it's a good. gun, right? Like it's a solid. sharp shoot, he could have been a sharpshooter. So it, taking all of that into account, I'm going to list off some guys that were taken after the Eric Bledsoe pick at 18. You had Avery Bradley at 19, Jordan Crawford at 27, Hassan Whiteside at 33, uh, Lance Stevenson at 40, 
given what the Thunder flipped Bledsoe for and Brackens and Pondexter for Aldrich, is there anybody kind of out of that group or any others that I didn't mention that you think the Thunder should have taken instead? That one's hard because they very desperately needed a big at that time. Right. Yep. You know, that that was their, their main thing. Jordan Crawford from Texas, is that right? Uh, Xavier, I think. Oh, who was from Texas that I liked in one of those drafts? Maybe it was uh-huh. Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley Avery was a Bradley. Texas kid. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one's difficult because they obviously needed a big man. Uh, that's why they made the deal for Cole Aldrich. Yep. Um, that's why a year later they make the deal for Kendrick Perkins. Right. Um, yeah. Do you I, take Hassan Whiteside over you, Cole Aldrich? You, 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 like in hindsight again, and Hassan Whiteside looks like the, the guy you take, but you know, we talked about this before the pod too. Hassan Whiteside spent a lot of time in the G League as well. And then, you know, had his coming up with the Miami Heat. And a lot of people were like, oh, who's this new young center the Heat have? But didn't realize he was already, you know, 25, 26, 27 years old at that time. Um, I mean, so if if his timeline goes as it did in real life, you don't get that center production that you saw him have with the Heat until way past the time that you needed a big. And like you said, Nick, like fit is everything as well, or not everything, but it's a huge part of player development. And so Whiteside being behind a guy like Kendrick Perkins, um, you know, it, like does he even get called up from the G League? And if he does, is he just turned to the next like a guy that we'll talk about later on, like Dakari Johnson, for example? So, um, you know, you have to kind of take into consideration, like Jacob was saying, this year for OKC, they need a big, and I think. Aldridge is probably the best prospect at that time. Um, but when you just like look at all these players in, in a vacuum, I think Bradley's the, the, the guy here that you would probably pick, even though the Thunder were kind of loaded at that point at that position. So, you know, if, if I'm Presty and I'm needing a big, I probably still go for Aldridge um, at that time, <laughs> you know, knowing everything I do at that point um, and not being able to see what Whiteside would develop into. So fun fact, I was interning for the Thunder this summer, the summer of 2010, and I got to go to a uh, employee meeting with Sam Presti about the draft. And so That's the cool. the That's con- super cool. The confusingness of this draft is forever etched in my mind because we literally it was like you know if you if you're at work now and you have like an all company meeting or something and you all kind of like file into a big conference room or an auditorium whatever and then someone like stands up front and talks about what the company's doing it was that except we were talking about the NBA draft and it was kind of surreal like i got to shake presty's hand on the way in and then he's like yeah so you know these are the guys we drafted we traded them for Cole Aldrich kind of going into that he's like we can't um, they weren't allowed to, I don't think he was actually allowed to say Cole Aldrich's name yet. Um, because the trade like wasn't actually official, but he, he like broke it down for everybody that worked for the thunder from like me, the graphic design intern to like, you know, all the basketball operations people and all that kind of stuff. It was super cool. That's awesome. That's really cool. Huh? Time flies. So what are we uh, what are we landing on? Do we think? Let me p- propose one more scenario. Do we think keeping Eric Bledsoe is a viable option? I think that's the best option here. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I I think so too. Can you imagine Bledsoe being your backup point guard behind Russ yeah, and then right? playing like a, a again like it was a different time in the NBA at that point for sure. Um, so you weren't playing multiple ball handlers at once, uh, outside the exception of you know KD handling the ball uh, quite often with Russ. But the idea of like Bledsoe and Russ handling the ball together or moving Russ over to shooting guard and having Bledsoe at point guard and KD at uh, at small forward like that's really fun. Oh, and, and you assume you keep James Harden, so you move. You yeah. have those three as your guards, and then you move. Um, or those two as your guards. You have James Harden at small forward, and then you have KD at power forward, plus the center. Like that's a fun lineup. It's a crazy lineup. That would have been ahead of its time for sure. So we're thinking Eric Bledsoe for 2010. I think I'm so. on board. Yeah, and not trading for Perk. Oh, that's a good point. That's but the that's the the hitch in it. Oh man, I mean, Perk was huge from, just from a leadership um, yep. standpoint. Yeah, but but when you play with time like this, another trade inevitably comes up somewhere else, right? True, true. That's yeah. a good point. All right, we're doing it. Eric Bledsoe on the Thunder in 2010. I'm into mm-hmm. it. On to 2011, Taylor. So 2011, uh, we had Reggie Jackson was picked at pick 24. Tears of joy. And that was it. This was uh, these next couple ones. Uh, not a whole lot went on. You know, Reggie ended up being a really good backup point guard for the Thunder until he, like you mentioned and alluded to, Justin, he <laughs> kind of, I don't want to say forced his way out, but kind of forced his way out, uh, even, you know, even though he wasn't a Paul George-esque star. Uh, but some players that went after him, uh, I think there's, all three of these are interesting, but there's two for sure that'll kind of make you scratch your head. Like, hmm, um, Corey Joseph, Jimmy Butler, that's a huge one. He mm-hmm. was highly undervalued coming into this draft. And then uh, Bogdanovich uh, from from the Sacramento Kings. Uh, obviously a sharp shooter. It's taken a little bit to develop. Like like I said, he was picked in 2011. I think you see him on this Kings team, and that's another guy you kind of feel like has only been there a couple of seasons and is a young guy, but he's older. I think he's like was 27. It, was it Bojan or Bogdan? Uh, Bojan. Bojan Bogdanovich. So yeah, Pacer- Bogdan comes a couple years later, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so Bojan, not the Kings, but the. Uh, oh, sorry, the uh, Pacers. Yeah, right, Pacers and, and, and then now the, Utah. the Utah. Yeah, Utah Jazz. Gotcha. Good call. I can't believe you left off the uh, Thunder great Kyle Singler taking oh. it pick thirty three. <laughs> but we got him anyways. <laughs> I remember Darnell Mayberry wrote a big article about why the Thunder should take Kyle Singler that draft. Interesting. Everybody thought he was going to be like literally the epitome of a three and D player. I remember this, and like when Detroit drafted him, they thought that he was going to be um, like that perfect three and D player. And when the Thunder traded for him, like we were all kind of excited about it too at first. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, that that makes sense. Man, you also have um, Davis Bertans at 42 in this draft. Oh, wow. I didn't know he was drafted that long ago. I didn't either. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I had no idea. Another one of those guys. Interesting. <laughs> and DeAndre Liggins. Remember him? DeAndre oh, Liggins. Geez. Big fan of Xbox. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Shout out to Xbox. Yeah, no, I think, I think uh, you know, obviously hindsight, Jimmy Butler would be a great yep. guy to draft here. Um no, but I think uh, Reggie Jackson for the for the timeline, you know, going into that 2012-2013 era, going to the finals, all that kind of stuff, Reggie Jackson was a huge part of that. Um, I don't, you know, recall how great Jimmy Butler was early on 
And obviously, like a guy like Bojan, I don't think was producing as early on as Reggie was. So I think that was still a, a solid pick for, you know, what the scenario was at the time. I kind of agree. Like, imagine Jimmy Butler with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant. Just his personality even heading into then, even if it wasn't yeah. Jimmy Butler we know today. Um, like, obviously, when it comes to a player that caliber, um, a top, you know, 15, 20 player in the league, you 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 take the risk regardless and you, you draft those players. But, like, again, um, putting ourselves into Pressy's shoes during that time, I think Reggie was probably the right choice. I, I personally would take him over Joseph and uh, Bogdanovich. Yeah, that first year, Jimmy Butler played in 42 games, averaged 8.5 minutes a game, and scored 2.6 points, one rebound, um, and .3 assists a game. Hmm. Meanwhile, you had Reggie Jackson played in 45 games, averaged 3 points, 1.6 assists, and 1.2 rebounds. And got bumped out of the lineup for Derek Fisher. Yeah, right? Yep. I think yeah, I think Jackson it was was a really good fit on that team for a while. I mean, he he kind of single-handedly won them some playoff games. Oh, 100% uh, that, that uh, San Antonio Spurs game. Yeah. And what year was that? Um 12 that next yeah, year. I think so, 2012. And he looked, I mean, he looked incredible and then it just like you guys said the personality issues just kind of went off the rails and and kind of tanked that relationship, but obviously hindsight 2020 you pick Jimmy Butler, no doubt, but I think taking yeah, also, that the the timelines into into what am I thinking consideration? There's the <laughs> word. Um, I think Reggie Jackson was a pretty good pick. Yeah, it's also interesting to think though, like what if they do take uh, Jimmy Butler, and then that that draft that they took Reggie Jackson, uh, it was what sixteen fifteen months later they trade. James, James Harden. Harden. So yeah. what if whenever you trade James Harden, instead of getting a Jeremy Lamb back uh, and a Kevin Martin to fill those shoes, you have a young wing and Jimmy Butler ready to step up and, and step into that role. You That's know? a really good point. Yeah. So then your starting lineup is, is Russ, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, and then insert whatever center you want. Right. Or at you know, least your closing lineup is. If you know they what this decided. exercise does is it really makes you put in perspective um, keeping guys around. Like I feel like you you draft a guy late first, early second round. He averages you know two to three points a game his first year. You're like, eh, maybe this guy wasn't a great pick. Or even a Darius Baisley, who you're not saying that about. You know his his production's been. You know, it's solid for a rookie, but he hasn't been like a, a a bona fide superstar out of the gates. You give guys like that two or three years to develop, and they turn into a guy like Jimmy Butler and a Bojan Bogdanovic. Where, you know, fast forward seven eight years, they're guys that are giving you eighteen to twenty points a game, and it's like their their production increases exponentially. So I think this this starts to put in perspective when people write people off early on. It's like people like, like players progress and develop at a very very high level in this league and even a guy like Diallo who hasn't been great year over year he could still turn into a guy that could be really good yeah that's a great point and I think too the opportunities have to be there you know if they go to a team that like we've talked about on a couple of these if if they're fighting for minutes and they're not getting a lot of opportunity that development's going to be stifled at the beginning so who we who we going with 
we, we sticking with Reggie Jackson in 2011? Oh, good point. I think that's fair. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, too. Cool. So let's move on to 2012 when the Oklahoma City Thunder at pick number 28 drafted a friend of the pod, uh, Perry Jones. Uh, he's been, you know, obviously a guest in the podcast, great guy. We've all met him personally, but maybe not the best long-term pick. If you look at some guys that were taken after him, um, you've got, you know, Thomas Sadoransky, Jay Crowder, Draymond Green, who as good as he is, eh, uh, Chris Middleton, and Will Barton. So thinking about, you know, this is kind of the golden age of Oklahoma City, t- you know, making finals appearances, young superstars are starting to come into their own and Russell Westbrook and, and uh, Kevin Durant, guys like that. Perry Jones at the time, what are you thinking in this point looking back? Obviously, Chris Middleton's an intriguing name. Who do you think fits the roster at that time? And then even now, thinking about how you can control rookie contracts, who do you wish Thunder would have taken in 2012? This is another tough one because the Thunder had picked 28. And the fact that all those guys, you know, Draymond, Chris Middleton, Will Barton, were taken second round uh, is pretty impressive. Um, I feel like that that is kind of over-indexing for amount of talent that was left in the second round. So it's hard to critique the pick, uh, especially given that Perry Jones was projected as a lottery pick going into draft night. Um, and it wasn't until draft night that his stock tanked because of injury concerns and um or anyway that's a can of worms but his draft stock tanked and the thunder scooped him up at 28 and i feel like at 28 if you can take a flyer on somebody who was almost unanimously selected as a lottery pick for most of the pre-draft process i feel like that's a fair gamble to take at 28 yeah and and he kind of reminds me he fell a lot but he reminds me a lot of a guy like michael porter jr that's a good comparison. Um, he's yeah. a guy that I remember when the Thunder took him at 28. I mean, you look at ESPN and CBS and like all these different, um, you know, national media outlets were critiquing draft grades, you know, in the first and second round. And they were saying, wow, the Thunder may have had the biggest steal in the entire yeah. 2012 draft. Perry Jones right. was a, a bona fide star at Baylor and just had some injury concerns. If he can get over those injuries, he could be great, and you know, you, you stole a guy, you know, very close to the end of the first round that should have been a lottery type pick. So, and yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. At the time, everyone was super pumped for it, but exactly in hindsight, look what happens. On that note, um, I well, obviously, you know, being a growing up an OU fan and watching Big Twelve basketball and football, you know, I I followed Big Twelve basketball, and so I knew who Perry Jones was. I watched him. I liked him a lot. He was a pure scorer. Uh, but Nick, you mentioned. You know all the the analysts and all the different sites and all the different um, you know ESPN all the above uh, talk shows everybody's saying that Thunder got a steal um, and one thing that stuck out to me that I still remember to this day when the Thunder selected them is all the Kevin Durant comparisons mm-hmm. they were calling Perry Jones Kevin Durant 2.0 and how perfect it was that you know we've been talking this this season this current season about shaking to learn under Chris Paul. Well, you know, I, I remember back then all the analysts and people saying how, you know, how perfect it is for Perry Jones to be able to learn under Kevin Durant because he could be the next, you know, he's he's a pure scorer just like that. He's built, he's long and lanky just like Kevin Durant. Um, has a lot of similar uh, moves and, and skill sets that, that Kevin possesses. And 
that's one of the most excited uh, I've been about a draft pick in a, in a, a long time. And um, unfortunately, yeah, it didn't it didn't pan out. Um, obviously, we encourage our followers to go and listen to our Perry Jones pod here from almost a year ago. Exactly, if I remember correctly. I think mm-hmm. it was like around March last year when we all met up in OKC or late February. Uh, we all met up and, and got to podcast with Perry Jones. And he went into a lot of kind of the, the the things that kind of plagued his career between injuries and personal issues and just super humble, uh, super honest guy. That was that was fun. But anyways, all that to say that I was really excited about Perry and uh, it didn't pan out. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty, And I think when you're in the moment like Presty was, then I think that was a great pick. I think putting the like hindsight glasses on on this one though. I think I if if I'm redrafting this, I think I take Chris Middleton here. I do too. Um, he's a perfect shooting guard. Like he's that shooting guard that you wanted on those Thunder teams. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think he complements who they had so well and you look at his timeline, it didn't take him a ton of time to start being productive. So like he would have fit right in with that Thunder championship window and really added something that they didn't have. Can I say something that everyone's going to hate? Can't wait. Boo. <laughs> so it was this year, that this 2012, the Thunder lose in the finals. Yep. Um, they go into draft night. They select Perry Jones. And then a few months later, they trade James Harden. And one of the most famous complaints of the Thunder's final run is that they played Kendrick Perkins against Miami yep. way too much and should have went small with Serge Ibaka. Yep. Um, what if Presti decides to zig while everyone else is zagging here uh, and takes Draymond, Draymond Green, Green. Yep. at the four and plays Serge Ibaka at the five full-time? As soon as you started saying that, I saw where you were going. That's a great point, really good point. Thunder so, might have so a title. So your, your front court, the tallest player in your front court is your three at Kevin Durant. But you have Durant, Ibaka, Green. and Draymond Green. I mean, it, literally, the Thunder may have been the Warriors at that point before the Warriors. That's crazy to think about, but like it, everything fits. All right, so that poses the question: Perry Jones off the table. Who would you rather have? You know, not only then, but now, Draymond Green or Chris Middleton? Oh, I think I'll still go Chris Middleton. I just wanted to play yep. devil's advocate there. I agree. I think Draymond um, enjoyed some inflated value from his teammates. Yeah, that's fair. Remember yeah. when people said Draymond could go to a, a crappy team and be a, a yeah. number one guy? Ha ha. And do you have to give, <laughs> do you have to give a shout out to Kamiar who calls him Draymond? Shout Draymond. out Draymond Green. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't deserve for his name to be pronounced correctly. <laughs> I'm so going we're going Chris, well. Chris Middleton yep. 2012, yeah? I like yeah. it. I, I like, like it. it. Awesome. Let's move I, on to 2013. In 2013, the Thunder had a slew of draft picks. Busy draft. At 12, they pick Steven Adams. At 29, they pick Archie Goodwin, but they swap him with the Golden State Warriors for Andre Robertson. Then at 32, they draft and stash Alex Abrinas. Um, So some of the options that they could have had uh, – for Steven Adams, instead of Steven, they could have taken Giannis. Who? They could have, oh. yeah, Giannis, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder, um, Solomon Hill, or Rudy Gobert. And then for that, those later picks, uh, instead of getting Archie Goodwin slash trading him for Andre Robertson, uh, they could have gone Alan Crabb, who was taken at 31 overall. Man. So I'm okay I, with – I mean, obviously, the, the Goodwin is <laughs> – oh. 
So Andre Robertson at 26, I'm okay with um, over Alan Crabb. I think that was the correct move. Obviously, injuries suck, um, but if you take into consideration Dre's prime years, I'd rather have that, obviously, over Alan Crabb. Uh, even though Alan Crabb did have a couple productive seasons as well, uh, more so on the offensive end. Steven and Archie Gilwin, like basically when it comes down to Steven, you have Giannis, that's a no-brainer, although it's a, it's a very strange fit when you like kind of see what Giannis has developed into and you take into consideration that Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were still on the team. Like Giannis would have developed into a completely different player at that point, yeah, and I'm not sure how true. he would have fit well. Um, but it, again, like you have to take that regardless, but nobody knew what he possessed at that point. You know what I mean? Um, now, Rudy... I think I think with the Stephen Adams pick, and I'm gonna kind of pose the question to you guys: Is who do you want, Stephen or Rudy? I think at that point, and it's such a it, it's a tough question, and like it's one that Jazz fans have been on one side of the argument, we've been on the other side for a very long time. It's still hard for me to uh, get past Rudy um, giving Oklahoma the coronavirus, but <laughs> fair. I think as a player, I I take Rudy. Um, I, I always think, lean that I way think, too, so I'm glad to hear you say that. I think I, I, I go with Rudy over Adams. Um, like you said, obviously Giannis is the, the biggest um, steal of the draft at 15. Uh, Schroeder's interesting, but they, the Thunder didn't need another ball handler on that team. But I think Rudy is, uh, man, he's so good for going at 27. He's just more durable, I feel like, at this point. And also, like, imagine putting him on, like, the Thunder Development staff. At that point, you have Brian – or um, Mark Bryant um, and his staff working with the big men. Ooh, scary. It's uh, it's interesting. So Justin had a story earlier about whenever he was an intern. I've got a story for this draft. Um, After this draft – I think it was right after this draft – before the season started, the Thunder had their annual blue-white scrimmage Yep. out at, I forget which high school they were at, but they were at a high school, and I won tickets to it. And nice. part of winning the tickets to it, I got the opportunity, uh, along with probably about 30 other people, to sit down and do like a Q&A with Sam Presti. And I asked him about this draft, and he said that, Whenever their pick number 12 came up, there were two guys that they wanted, like two guys on their board that they wanted to get. And Steven was one of them. And there was another guy as well. And oh, he said, I remember you saying uh, this. Steven, he's like, we're, we're so happy we got Steven. We think he's going to be great and blah, blah, blah. But if we would have got our other guy, if we would have went the other direction, I think we would have been just as happy. Maybe it was two years after this. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. But he said, if we would have gone with the other guy, we would have been just as happy. And so my, uh, my, natural response was who was the other guy yeah and he, <laughs> he laughed at us. you right yeah he kind of yeah. giggled <laughs> wouldn't tell us God. so i've always been curious who was that other guy i mean you'd think Giannis or maybe rudy but rudy was picked at 27 Giannis was picked at 15 so who was picked above steven yeah well no he said that both the guys that he oh, wanted sorry were, were available. available oh okay sorry uh, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha it makes me think it was Giannis. me too Okay, sorry. I thought you were saying, yeah, that makes sense. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, it, it really is. is. So, that makes who are me we so s- sad? <laughs> who are we swapping out here? I think I go Rudy over Steven Adams. 100%. Even though he's coronavirus positive, you got to take a guy <laughs> like that. Um, 
I mean, I, I also go Rudy over Adams for some of the reasons I mentioned earlier, but like, you know, again, if, if, if we're drafting today, it's Giannis, <laughs> regardless right. of the fit. For sure. But yeah. at that time, if if I'm putting myself in Presti's shoes during the 2013 draft and I don't know much about this kid out of Greece um, at this time, yeah, I'd probably go Rudy over Steven. As much Are as we swapping Andre or Abrinas at all? No, I, I don't think so. I like Robertson no. over. I think both Brad. those picks were solid. I agree. Yep. I agree. But yeah, a, uh, a Giannis KD lineup, holy long. Yeah. I mean, let's just let's just put all our redrafts together. We got KD, Jimmy Butler, Giannis, Russell Westbrook, Danny yep. Green. Yep. Like, how many chips are we stacking here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I like it. So 2013, we are taking Rudy Gobert at 12. Yes. And then Andre Robertson and Alex Abrinas. Yep. Uh, we are not swapping those picks. Those We're happy with those ones. Very good. So let's go to 2014, a draft that could not be described as very good. Um, This one has a lot of hindsight built into it. The Thunder had two picks. At pick 21, they selected Mitch McGarry. And at 29, they selected um, the the first round G League project, Josh Hustis. So I'm going to just be honest with you guys. Whenever they made this pick... Um, Kamir and I were hanging out at my house and I looked at him and I said verbatim, who is bitch McGarry? <laughs> so, uh, that's how happy I was about that pick. Mitch McGarry that's is awesome. now, uh, growing cannabis. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's correct. Yep. And, and pretty, does not I'm pretty sure he's, yeah, you can't say he is now. Na- I mean, I think he always has been. Right. He's now doing it legally. There you go. Um, so still on the table after Mitch McGarry, you had Rodney Hood at 23, Clint Capella at 25, uh, the other Bogdan, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich at 27, and then after Hustis at 29, you had Kyle Anderson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic, Dwight Powell, Jordan Clarkson. Um, there's a lot to choose from. Who not, are you guys taking? Not to mention the classic Presti move, which was executed yeah. just a couple of years prior. The Houston trading, thing. trading up and getting a guy like Gary Harris at 19, packaging those picks and moving up and getting a guy like that. Oh, yeah. sorry. I thought you were talking it's about Houston doing the whole draft and stash, like knowing that they were going to send him to the G League immediately and being like the first draft and stash of that era. I'll never but understand it, that. Me either. Me that either. Well, I draft him 29 and draft and stash him when you could literally buy his rights out of the second round. Right. Don't get it. Oh, man. It's a galaxy brain move. (laughs) So who are you guys taking? I think they were pretty high on Steven Adams at this point, so I don't think they would have really looked at a guy like Clint Capella. Uh I agree. I was thinking the same thing. And you probably aren't looking at Jokic either, although he would have been awesome (laughs) in place of Steven Adams. If I'm not right, wasn't Bogdan Bogdanovich a draft and stash? Yeah, he I don't think they would have gone draft and stash two years in a row. Alex Abrinas in 2013. Yeah. And for some reason, I feel and, like he was older. Am I making that yeah. up? He didn't. He didn't play uh, in the NBA till 2017. Okay. Yeah. So he was definitely yep. a draft and stash guy. So you wouldn't draft and stash two guys. And you know, and with, obviously, with similar, with you know, both are white European shooters. Yeah. Right. And it's it's ten picks later, and obviously, a guy that's mocked, you know early mid second round is a lot different than a guy that's mocked late first round but you know for a fact Presti had an interest in Jeremy Grant 
Yeah. Considering you traded for him not long after, True. you got to think that 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 long athletic kind of guy that Presty loves. That Jeremy Grant, although he was a second-round mock, might have been a guy that he was considering late mm-hmm. first round in that Houston pick. So I'm, I'm curious if that was a the guy they were looking at as well. Well, and, and staying the- on that point, I don't think he was interested in Kyle Anderson. Yep. Right. Right. Pre- if he's interested in Jeremy Grant, long, athletic, fast Jeremy Grant, he's not interested <laughs> and in slow. Yeah, slow, methodical Kyle, Kyle Anderson. Anderson. Now, with that being said, point. though. We got to talk a little bit about Mitch McGarry because think about how excited we were when he was playing and when he was contributing. That kid had a lot of potential. He really he did. Was, he was the spark plug. I feel like he was like the Hamadou Diallo of yeah. that team for a little but bit. But he, he had came a, in, he actually had got court excited. Vision. He actually yeah. had court vision and can shoot a little bit, had a nice little floater. He was strong. Uh, he was able to handle the ball. He had some nice drives to the basket. That really surprised me. Like Mitch could have been a really good player for this team. Uh, it just got cut short because he's an idiot. <laughs> I think he was he was a obviously not as athletic, but his game, I think was was what a modern Sabonis kind of yeah what what, what Presti thought he might turn into yeah right. And I think coming off the Byron Mullins and Cole Aldrich disappointments uh, at that position, I think seeing Mitch McGarry come in and not look completely inept was like. People were just kind of clamoring for him to succeed because we had right. watched Byron Mullins and Cole Aldridge. Right. Well, and then the and the other part of this draft too in 2014 is you have Josh Hustis at 29. I mean, think of all the. I mean, I, you take okay, so uh, uh, Kyle Anderson probably would go ahead and take him. He was picked at 30. Spencer Dinwiddie at 38. I take Spencer over Hustis. Jeremy Grant 39. I take Grant. 41, Jokic, hell yes, I'm taking Jokic over Houston. Dwight Powell at 45, still taking him over Houston. And uh, Jordan Clarkson at 46, still taking him over Houston. Yeah. And, and thinking big yeah. picture, like had, you know, speaking of Jacob's story, had they taken Giannis the draft before and center is more of a focal point, obviously um, Capello was, you know, several picks later and Jokic was, you know, 10 plus picks later. Do you think that if if Stephen Adams wasn't the route they went the year before, and it was more of a Giannis and center was a position of need at the time, that they would have gone? You know, the next two centers up would have been Capella and Jokic. You know, roll good your point. dice either way. I'll take both those guys. Very what could have been? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think Presti would have been more interested in Capella than Jokic. Again, just the athletic factor. I agree with yep. that. He's so. very similar. I mean, we always compare, uh, or we'll always have compared Capella and Steven because they they honestly play fairly similar. Um, I think that's a good point. And it's like it's like looking back, like the the way the dominoes would have fell, it would have been rather than Steven Adams, Mitch McGarry consecutive years with that first first round pick, it would have been Giannis, Clint Capella. That's yeah. insane. Pretty dumb. So who are we taking? Oh man. I've always said that I thought they should have took taken should have taken <laughs> Rodney Hood over Mitch McGarry. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go Rodney, and then uh, literally anybody instead of Houston. Exactly. Um, That's what I said too. <laughs> let's yep. go. Jeremy literally Green. any of those. I uh, yeah. yeah. So it, considering that we can't change the past in 2013, Stephen Adams already on this team, uh, that automatically eliminates Jokic and Capella. So I think I would go. Oh. I'd probably go Hood as well, and then Jeremy over Houston. I like yep. that. Good, Rodney Sold. Hood, Jeremy Grant. 
Well, guys, it's a uh, it's probably a good thing we didn't bet on the 2014 draft because we probably would have lost some money. Brutes. But one place you could have put money on that draft, and you still can put money on mice. Or sorry, uh, well, hold on. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, it's kind of dead right now, as you guys are well aware. You might think there's nothing to bet on, but you'd be wrong. There's plenty to bet on. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. Bet Online has you guys covered. Um, they're open 24 hours a day, all online, including their $750,000 poker series. I even saw on Twitter today, they had a, uh, you could bet on the over-under of Starbucks um, stock price. <laughs> so you can literally bet on just about anything with Bet Online. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, like I said, stock prices like Starbucks, and even the weather, which is pretty wild. Um, if you live in Oklahoma, you might not might want to sit that one out, considering how crazy our weather is. Uh, but visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Oops, I cut that off really quick. <laughs> All right, well, let's go on to the 2015 draft, Taylor. So 2015, uh, this was not a great draft for the Oklahoma City Thunder, even though this first guy that the Thunder picked at pick 14, Cameron Payne, actually wrote an article uh, about him calling him the Thunder's spark plug because he came off the bench and really kind of helped shape that second unit, you know, um, in in an area they really needed it after not having Reggie Jackson any longer. Cameron Payne was kind of the guy that we were hoping could step up in that role and step up in that role and, and kind of help lead that second unit, which he did there for a while, but... Um, unfortunately, the best thing that came from Cameron Payne's time with the Thunder was his dance moves with Russell Westbrook pregame. Yes. Um, at pick 48, they didn't. They then picked Dakari Johnson, um, and which also turned out to, you know, he gave some minutes here and there, but didn't really turn out to be much. But at pick 48, you know, it is what it is. So, um, players still on the board when Cameron Payne was picked at 14. You had Kelly Oubre, Terry Rozier, uh, De- DeLon Wright, Bobby Portis, Tyus Jones, uh, Kevin Looney, uh, C.D. Osmond, Montrez Harrell, Willie Herman Gomez, Josh Richardson, and Norman Powell. So um, nobody who's really like kind of become a star by any means, but a lot of solid uh, players who can contribute, uh, give you points, and have have are you know carving out minutes in the league right now. Yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, like you said, there's nobody that's like the obvious pick in my mind. Uh, there's a lot of really solid choices. Uh, I really like Terry Rozier. I think uh, putting him on that Thunder team, uh, I don't know exactly how he fits with that group, but I think he would have been fun nonetheless. Uh, I feel the same way about like a Josh Richardson. Uh, the hometown Mon- kid. Would have been yeah, the hometown kid. I, I always love... Um, you know, that kind of story and the Thunder really haven't had a ton of that. Um, so Richardson would have been nice. And then I also like uh, Montrez Harrell, obviously, um, but it would have been a little bit of a, a fight for minutes in the post for sure. I'm, I'm very against the Terry Ogier train only because he's another guy that, I mean, other than this year when he was given real opportunity, he's averaging 18 points a game this year. Even before that, when he was, you know, a, a quote-unquote 
Great backup point guard for the Celtics. He averaged like nine points a game last year, 11 the year before, but his first two years in the league was 1.8 per game and 5.5 per game. And his assist numbers, even to this day, he's never eclipsed five assists a game. I think he's an overhyped guy. You know, being in Charlotte, playing 35 minutes a game and shooting 15 shots, he's finally putting up, you know, decent numbers. But I still don't think he's a guy that is great. So I shy away from him. Josh Richardson, to me, you know, being the hometown kid, like you guys said, that's the obvious pick for me. I think I think that's a really good one. Um, but another one, like I'm going through the roster right now. Oh, I guess you did have Mitch McCarry that we talked about in the last uh, the last draft. But if you don't have McGarry, I kind of like Montrez Harrell. I mean, I think that's a guy that you can just kind of fit in seamless, seamlessly, um, throwing him into the lineup. You know, Montrez is a guy that I think could be really good for this team, um, especially at, during that time. But you're right. Like I, I just I pulled up the 2015, 2016 roster, and you have, you know, Mitch McGarry and Serge, and um, might not have been the right fit at that point. The sucky thing about this draft was 13 was Devin Booker. Ugh. Yeah, right and and the thunder have been linked to him like there's been rumors yep. that they were very interested in book so uh I, i'd probably go been? with kelly Oubre, to be honest oh, okay like he was yeah. he was kind of my guy and he went 15 i think yep so he was kind of my guy in that draft if the thunder couldn't land devin booker um but there was a lot of rumors coming out that the Thunder had already promised Cameron Payne yep um that's a good point i forgot and, about and, that and so he was kind of the guy i was ready for um, but I mean, Kelly Oubre kind of just fit the mold of the guys Presti kind of targeted to put around KD and Russ. See, Presti was just ahead of his time taking a guard from Murray State. Yeah, yep. uh, no kidding. Look at what look at what Jaws doing now. No kidding. A little bit different. It's pretty wild. All right, so who are we taking at fourteen? Oh, I think I would lean Josh, Josh Richardson yeah. over uh, over Kelly. Oh, I like Kelly. But just for that team at that point, I just uh, I feel like Kelly would have been one of those guys who just kind of got buried on the bench. He'd come in, he'd be the guy we're all frustrated with. Um, be like a Jeremy Lamb. Yeah, right, right. I think that's yeah. a, good, a really good comparison. Um, but it's but it's hindsight because right, exactly. Josh Richardson, I believe, was a second round pick. Yep, that's yep, right. So like, like in in the moment, if the Thunder would have taken Josh Richardson, who's a second round projected guy as a lottery pick we'd have been saying what the heck is going on yep yeah for sure true true yeah but and i mean what can you do i I think uh (laughs) i think cameron Payne was was okay during the couple years that he was in oklahoma city before trading him out but um I don't know. It it is what it is in that draft. It's it's hindsight's always twenty twenty. Sam Presti has had plenty of good drafts, so we can't really hate on what he uh, didn't didn't close on when it came to good draft picks. Twenty sixteen though, um, pretty interesting draft that was the start of the Serge Ibaka trade tree, which everybody likes to talk about now. With you know everything that happened in that draft and, and who Oklahoma city has acquired in that process, uh, trading Serge Ibaka and their 2016, uh, late first round pick to acquire, uh, Dama Sabonis and Victor Oladipo. I think Sabonis at 11 was definitely something that Presti had 
some input in if you're trading up for a guy like that. I think that the Magic, who originally had that pick, definitely were listening to who Presti wanted to make that deal happen. But looking at some of the guys that they could have taken instead who came after Sabonis were guys like uh, Tarian Prince, Denzel Valentine, Karis Levert, Malik Beasley, uh, Luwalu Karabo, who we all know and love, Pascal Siakam late first round, followed up by DeJounte Murray. So if you're able to travel back in time and you're Sam Presti, obviously Sabonis didn't stick around for too long, but who would you have rather taken besides him in that Oladipo Serge Ibaka trade? You didn't even mention uh, Malcolm Brogdon in there also, Brogdon. which I think is an interesting prospect. Um, this is another one where there's there's a lot of solid options to choose from. Uh, Malik Beasley, I think, is really intriguing. Um, obviously, Siakam. This is another one where it's like it's hard to even evaluate a guy like Siakam just because it took a while for everybody to realize his potential. I think we're still realizing his potential True. To, in some sense. Um, and and nobody knew who that was at, at that level back at draft time. So it's tough to to really put him in as a realistic option. I've always liked Torian Prince as well. Um, I think he he could have been an interesting prospect He's too. Let me throw something out year. there though. The obviously like the big name, the one that you're like, oh my gosh, is Pascal Siakam. He's two years older than Sabonis. Yeah, um, That's Sabonis is just about to be 24. Siakam's just about to be 26, and I believe they both have the same amount of All Star selections, and that was this year. Huh. Yep. Yeah, no, that's, so, that's a like, good point. Can we make an argument that if you had to choose one of those two players right now, do we all say Pascal Siakam or is DeMontis Sabonis in that conversation? Oh, I'm still on Siakam. I think Siakam's developed into a um, – he, he's – I don't know if he'll ever reach there, but he certainly – he's he surpassed all-star level, which I think um, Sabonis has just now gotten to, right? And I get your point that like they're he's a couple years behind. There's such different players. Like, yeah, I don't see Sabonis turning into a Pascal Siakam in this league. The way the the game is played right now. If the game were you know if Sabonis came around, for example, that 2013 draft with Stephen Adams, and Sabonis was our Adams right now. Like, I think he would have thrived early on. Um, but yep. as it is right now, I'm still taking Siakam. I think Siakam is uh, on his way to superstardom, and we'll see if he can get there. But um, again, like it. You're putting yourself in Presti's shoes in 2016. You can't really scout. Tons of people scout Siakam. I'm sure the Thunder did as well. You can't really project what he was able to grow into uh, and the the player he was able to be. I think Sabonis was a great pick. Um, For me, I I take Sabonis over just about anybody outside of Siakam. And again, we have the hindsight. So um, I think it was a good pick at the time. Let's, Let's take this a different direction. Um... So obviously Sabonis ended up getting flipped um, in the Paul George trade, but assuming you could have traded for Paul George and that twenty sixteen pick too. Yeah. wouldn't have been uh, flipped in that Paul George trade, let's say that you would you'd been able to pull off something where you still get Paul George and don't flip that twenty sixteen pick outside of Siakam because that's obvious you know so looking at Murray and Malik Beasley, Karis LeVert, Denzel Valentine, Brogdon, Prince who would you want to 
see on the Oklahoma City roster right now. Hmm. So we're saying we didn't um, trade for Paul George. I you would still go Siakam, tra- you st- but you still tra- no, you can't pick Siakam. You, you oh, okay. traded for Paul George, but you didn't flip that 2016 um, number oh, okay. 11. Okay. Whoever you drafted 11, who would you want on this roster out of those remaining guys? Oh, so, so with Paul George and Russell Westbrook, yes. And are we allowed to say Sabonis or not? Is he kind of the Siakam category where you can't? pick No, because we're we're picking a draft pick instead of him. instead of him. Okay, um, I'd go. I'm going Karis Levert. I was going to go Beasley. I think I'll I think I'll go Malcolm Brogdon. Okay. Oh, mm. that's a good one too. I forgot about Brogdon. That's like yeah. Even even if you had to pay him a max contract like the Bucks did. Yeah, you can figure out a way to trade him. The Thunder were ready to go in the tax anyways. It's true. That's an answer. What do you think, one. Nick? Who are you taking? Oh, I, I take Levert. I'm very very high on Levert, and I think that he's uh, and I've talked about this a hundred times before, but I think that if the Thunder can pull off a sign-in trade this summer for Gallinari. I think that shipping him off to the Nets on their championship run with KD and Kyrie, Gallinari is a better fit for them than Levert based on their timeline. I think that would be a perfect target, you know, both money-wise and fit-wise for both teams to make that trade happen. I think Levert would be somebody that the Oklahoma City Thunder would try to trade for in a sign-in trade, so I want him here. So I'm going to pick Levert just to keep it consistent. I like it. Interesting. Interesting. So if we could go back and redo that draft uh, and have the Orlando Magic pick a different player at 11 to trade to the Thunder for Serge Ibaka, who are you guys going with? I'm staying with Domas. I think that's fair. I think outside of Pascal is the obvious pick. But like we talked about, like I don't know, it's hard. It's hard to go all in on that just because he was such a surprise. So especially I think I'm with you, yeah, Jacob. Especially the, the eleven pick, Pascal Siakam right. at eleven would raise some eyebrows. True, exactly. I agree. I like Sabonis there. All right, well, let's move on to 2017. The Thunder had one draft pick that year. It was pick number 21, T-Ferg. way out of left field. Oh yeah, they pick Terrence Ferguson. Um. None of us really knew what to expect. Obviously, he was an Australian League player, uh, didn't play college ball. Guys that were on the board instead, OG Ananobi, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, Derek White, Shemi Ojale, Jordan Bell, and Dylan Brooks. Some interesting names, definitely. Uh, there was rumor that, that the Thunder were linked to Frank Jackson that night, who ended up going oh, to New Orleans. Gross. Thank yeah. God that didn't happen. <laughs> I think everybody around the league except us uh, right now who is listening to this podcast would say, oh, I would have taken Frank Jackson over Terrence Ferguson. <laughs> I, I mean, am I wrong? That's, I nope. Mean, he's he's in a bad place right now for sure as far as his production goes and the goose eggs. Um, OG was my guy in this one. My, yeah, me too. It's funny because – NBA's in the hiatus right now and obviously no games are going on and Terrence Ferguson's number of zero point games are consistent. Um, <laughs> but so I, I think for me <laughs> it comes down for me to Kuzma versus Ananobi if you want like a more well-rounded role player yep, in right. an, Ananobi but I think Kuzma although He's older than a lot of people think. They I feel like a lot of people look at stats and look at years in the league and don't realize that Kuzma is a four-year college guy. Um, I still think Kuzma probably has a higher ceiling, and if he wasn't playing with ball-dominant players like he is this year, 
he would be putting up 17 points a game like he was last season. Yeah. I think I would still go Kuzma over – I mean, I, I know for a fact I'd go Kuzma over Ferguson, but it comes down to um, would you rather have Kuzma versus Ananobi for me? Yeah. I I mean, like I, like Jacob said, OG was my guy as well. Um, honestly, it got kind of got to the point where he was all Thunder Twitter's guy. <laughs> like we had, had seen right. so much about him and thought he would be such a great fit. He could, he could contribute now. Um, as we saw uh, with that Raptors team, he was able to contribute uh, almost immediately those first two seasons. And um, yeah, OG is probably the guy I, I'd go with here. But yeah, another, I mean, again, like Ferg's been good for us at times, but I mean, you have OG, Kuzma, Josh Hart. I probably would take Hart over him, uh, over mm-hmm. Ferg. I'd probably take Derek White over Ferg. And then it gets a little interesting. Um, Ojolay's interesting, too, because I went to te- the University of Tulsa. Um, Ojolay played at SMU, who's in the same conference. And uh, me and Nick actually have a friend, a, a guy from our high school, Shake Milton, who I guess what we'll actually we'll be getting to here this next year. But um, he played at SMU, so we followed him pretty closely. So I got to see Ojolay play quite a bit, and I thought he would have been kind of like a – uh, Ananobi 2.0 in a sense like they're similar players he just hasn't Ojale hasn't played out as well in uh in Boston because of the depth so yeah, I, I think I, he's I interesting think too instead of Ferg Ojale was a I believe off the top of my head was a former McDonald's, McDonald's All-American American. who actually played at Duke his freshman year and transferred after not getting many minutes yep so keeping that in about mind that. he he just kind of fits the Presti mold as well like a guy that um, had a lot of hype around him and was more of a flyer, and he just seemed like a guy Presti might take. But again, that was what 15 picks, 16 picks after Ferguson. So it's True. just like, in hindsight, it's easy to, easy to say like a guy like Ojale would be a better pick than Ferguson. But why would you take a guy that's mocked up a mid-second rounder over Ferguson, who was like 18 years old and skipped the whole college route? That's a good point. And that's the other thing we have to realize, too. That's, you bring up a really good point there, Nick, in that um, Ferguson was definitely an unknown, but flashed so much skill and potential. Um, you know, that we've, we've seen all of his highlight videos. And he was a Tulsa kid for a while uh, before he moved to Dallas for yeah. high school. And so, um, you know, I, I definitely understand, you know, taking that risk uh, on Ferguson compared to, which is it's a low risk, high reward situation compared to Ojale, who. Um, like you said, Nick, you could take further on the draft. Yep. I'm with you guys. OG was who I wanted heading into this draft. Looking back from a hindsight perspective, I think I'm with Nick. I think I go Kyle Kuzma oh, wow. on this one. Huh. Um, I think Kuzma, I don't know. It, I think he, he would have been able to flourish um, that 2017-18 season with Paul George and Russell Westbrook, I think he would have been a nice fit for them. And then I think he'd, he'd be really intriguing uh, on the team now, potentially, um, given given how the minutes are distributed. I think he could have an interesting place on the current roster. Yeah, especially because if you look at Oklahoma City right now, um, both both present and in the future, the, the one piece that – is very apparent and it's hopefully addressed in the upcoming draft is that that wing type player. I think Kuzma would be that guy. Yep. Um, but it's also funny because, and, and we've talked about this a ton. We actually talked about this on the podcast I'm going to refer to, but um, there was a time early to mid last season where we got on the podcast when Terrence Ferguson was um, looking really, really, really good yep. and having a great yep. season. I remember where that. We, we laughed and, and we said, 
Remember back in the day when we thought, man, OG Ananobi was a better pick than Ferguson. <laughs> we're, we're so stupid. Very like, volatile. Fer- Ferguson, yeah, Ferguson's great, and, and, and Robertson's absence, he's stepped up, and he's like, there's no need for Robertson anymore. Ferguson's the shooting guard of the future, and it's just funny how, how ups and downs kind of happen and player confidence and things like that go around that yep. it, a year later we're talking about we'll take any of these guys over Ferguson. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. All right, so are we swapping out this 2017 21st overall pick? I still go OG, I think. I go OG as well. Me and, we me and Justin will go Kuzma. Fair enough. Two OGs like and I two like Kuzmas. It. Sounds fair. Screw your consensus. <laughs> so let's move to 2018, shall we? The 2018 NBA draft for the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, was an interesting one. Uh, they drafted Devin Hall at the super high pick of 53 and Kevin Hervey with pick 45. And then they traded for Hamadou Diallo, who was picked at 45 by Brooklyn. So looking at those, um, you know, picks in the mid 40s, upper 50s, uh, not a lot to choose from as far as who's on the table, but there were a few interesting names. Uh, somebody that Taylor just mentioned kind of name dropped that he's friends with shake <laughs> Milton. Uh, you also had Costas and Tintacumpo taken at 60 D'Anthony Melton at 46 and Sfi Mikhailuk at 47. Ooh. I'm going to go shake over, um, both Hall and Hervey. It was one of those weird drafts where we all had heard of Hamadou Diallo, although he wasn't like the star name at Kentucky, you know, playing yep. alongside like Shea and um, De'Aaron Fox and some of those guys. He was never the big name. Um, we we drafted two guys in the, in the mid to late 50s that we had never heard of. And I remember the podcast, we're like, what the heck's going on? And then mid-podcast, the Thunder traded the rights for Hamadou Diallo. And I remember we were more excited for Diallo than the guys that the Thunder actually drafted. Come to find out he's the only guy that actually plays on the team. <laughs> um, but I would say, I mean, if we're going to compare the actual, you know, the three guys that, we, that the Thunder drafted compared to guys that they could have drafted. So comparing Diallo to Milton and Costas and those kind of guys, I think that, Oh, I still like Diallo. If we're talking about the, the the guy that actually gets minutes and the one guy from that draft that makes an impact, I still take Diallo over any of those guys. As I'm much a- as I love Shake and I I played high school basketball and drove him home every day for two and a half years, <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still going Diallo. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm and I think obviously Shake had that explosion game here a while back, so like it's you know. It's easy to say we're high on him now, but um, Nick and I both have always been really high on Shake and want to see him succeed. Um, and I like I'm to the point where I think Shake should, you know, maybe start at point guard and let uh, let Ben Simmons run the the power forward or the the point forward position, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Whenever uh, Ben gets healthy and if the you know hypothetically the season we're still going on right now. But with all that being said, I like Hami as well for um, the Thunder at this pick. I don't see where Shake really would have fit in with either of the the pre-Paul George trade Thunder or the post-Paul George trade Thunder. I like Hami there, and then literally I would pick any player 
uh, not named Kostas Antetokounmpo over Devin Hall or Herbie. (laughs) (laughs) And just think, if you redraft Hami, then you don't have the uh, dunk champion. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. That was a a fun part of our season last year. I think this one, you just keep it as is. Yep. Yep. I think I agree. I like it. I like it. Awesome. Let's move on to our last draft, guys. Our very last draft brings us to this past year when the Thunder pulled another uh, wild card, kind of similar to the Terrence Ferguson um, year, and went with the Darius Baisley pick at pick number 23 overall. Some names that were still left on the board at that point, you have uh, Nasir Little at 25, who ended up going to Portland. You have Kevin Porter Jr. at 30, who... Uh, battled some injuries, has some attitude problems, uh, but is a high prospect who ended up going to Cleveland and has played well for them this season. You have Eric Pascal at 41 who went to Golden State because, of course, he did because Golden State always has good luck like that. And then the big one, Brandon Clark went at 21, uh, which is actually the pick that uh, the Thunder – so the Thunder chose Brandon Clark and traded back in the draft with the Grizzlies to get Darius Baisley at 23. So Baisley was kind of their guy. They realized that they could um, trade back and get, I think, an additional second-round pick and Mm -hmm. end up getting Baisley, uh, traded away Brandon Clark, who has been great for the Grizzlies this season. So I want to be sure to mention him because the Thunder could have just taken Clark and been done with, you know, not traded him. So uh, of all those guys, is there somebody else outside of Baisley that you guys would have taken this past year? Hands down, Brandon Clark. Really? Even with the age? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that – I'm trying to think how to word this. I like Baisley a lot, and I think he has a lot of potential, but I also think he's definitely the more risky option, and there's a chance that in two years we're looking back at that pick in the same way that we look back at Josh Eustace. Oh, interesting. I um, I And I think it, it could be one of those where it's like, why did the Thunder take that guy there? You know, Um, but Brandon Clark, yes, he's older. Um, He might not have as high of a ceiling as Darius Baisley, but I think his floor is significantly higher. And I think he would be uh, a nice addition to this team now. I think he'd be a good addition to this team as they go through a rebuilding phase as well. And I think he he could be a a big piece of that team had the Thunder drafted him. Yeah, no, I I think Brandon Clark is is awesome. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. I think his ceiling, like you said, is lower, but his floor is higher. I think Brandon Clark is at his best a role player, kind of like he is now. Um, that being said, my guy that I would rather have. I knew you were going to go with this. At this I'm, point, you know who it is probably. Oh, yeah. I'm going Kevin, the same way. Yeah, Kevin Porter Jr., that dude, he, he had the attitude problems in college. Um, he's a, he was a high school superstar. He's a bucket getter. Um, although he kind of reminds me of J.R. Smith. I think he's, <laughs> he's, he's going to be a lot Pipe it up. than that as an entire player. Like when it comes to his full package of like what he can like, bring <laughs> value to a team. Full package. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think, I think Kevin Porter Jr. would have been an Jamal awesome. Jamal Murray knows and, something about full packages. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Kevin Porter Jr. would have been a great um, kind of a, a Robin to the Batman of Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's a he's a bucket getter. Um, he has that like kind of swagger to him. I think he'd have been an awesome pick at twenty three. So on draft night, I wanted the Thunder to take Brandon Clark. When we found out they were trading Brandon Clark, I wanted them to snag Nasir Little. Yep. Now, looking back. 
I'm kind of okay just with the pick. I mean, I really like Bays. He's uh, and I know Justin just went on about how awesome Brandon Clark is, and and he's great. I definitely think Baisley is the higher ceiling, lower floor kind of guy. But with that pick and with where your team is now, after this draft, you traded away Russell Westbrook and and Paul George, and you're going to go young eventually and rebuild. I mean, I with the 23rd pick in the draft, I think you definitely take the 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 high risk, high reward guy. And, you know, I, I think Baisley, maybe aside of Kevin Porter Jr., um, has the biggest upside of all the guys we've talked about here. Um, I think Kevin Porter Jr. probably has a, a, a much higher offensive upside. I think Baisley probably has um, a, maybe a higher overall impact Two player way. upside. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think Baisley could develop into something really, really special. I think he could also flop. But at pick 23 on a rebuilding team now, I'm I'm kind of just okay with that pick. But if I had to choose somebody else besides Baze, I'd probably go with Nick and go Kevin Porter Jr. Well, and see, you have to realize too, the Thunder made this pick prior to the Paul George trade, um, obviously, Exa- which was even more yeah. like confusing. Right before the, yeah. the Paul George yep. Russell Westbrook trades, they should have taken Brandon Clark, somebody who could fit. Right, yep. but you know, it, it trickled out later on that um, that there was. Already, kind of some trouble in paradise, kind of thing. I mean, maybe you shouldn't call it paradise. <laughs> There's already kind of some um, some rumors of Russ was unhappy uh, after the the loss to Portland, and uh, Paul George was kind of unhappy. Yeah, kind Russ, of welcome to the club. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so I think I'm kind of with. I, I, I honestly, I'm exactly with you, Jacob. I I love the Baisley pick. Uh, I think Baisley's been perfect for this team, even just off court. And like when it comes to chemistry, it all worked out perfectly um, in that sense. But on court, like Porter probably Porter Junior is still probably my guy. Uh, I think he can. He has the potential to be something really, really special. Where you know, like you said, Baisley's just such an unknown. Like we could be talking five seasons from now. Like man, Baisley's such an awesome, perfect pick. I can't believe what a steal. Or we could be like talking, or we won't be talking about him because he's out of the league. So, um, yeah. And my thing is, Baisley won't be twenty until the, well, yeah, I can't right. say until the off season. Right. He might be in the off season. Um, Baisley won't be twenty until June. Right. Right. Yeah. And we got to remember that about. That's a great we point. Remember that about Ferguson as well. Um, still super super young. So, per usual, I'm I'm the I'm the guy that's big on the side questions on this. So, if you're in Sam Presti's shoes and the way this draft went down. Is I'm trying to think of the right way to word this. Were do you think Presty was already targeting Baisley and made the trade down, knowing that the guy he wanted would be there, or do you think he actually valued the second round pick he could get return um, to to move down, kind of knowing the history of second round picks with the Thunder? So do you think? Basically, my question is: Do you think that? This trade went down because he already wanted Baisley and knew he could just get a free second-round pick for it? Or do you think he actually thought that that second-round pick is valuable and he didn't think there's a whole lot of difference between Baisley and Clark? I think the former. But that's just... 100% I'm with you. Yeah. That's just hypothetical. I agree. Yeah. This is a fun draft to look back on, too, because I remember all the talk heading into it about uh, Matisse Theibel having a promise and everyone just assuming that it was Sam Presti and the Thunder. That's a good point. I and forgot about that. Yeah. Us not being excited about it, but then now 
like Thibault's actually been pretty darn good, and I think I would have been okay with him. Agreed. So who who are we going with here? What do you guys think? Porter Jr. or uh, Justin? You can still go with Clark if you want to, or <laughs> we can get, two of us can go with Baisley. You can do Brandon Clark all by yourself. <laughs> I'm going Bays. Bays. There's one Bays. I think I'm going Porter Jr. with Nick. That's two Porter Juniors. Yeah. No, I do. I love I love Porter Jr. But I also love Bays being in being around him a bunch in the locker room and stuff. He's, yeah. I, I I can tell. And you I right love Baysley's size and his length and his versatility. And he's a guy that the locker room loves. He's that young exactly. kind of. Not necessarily immature, but just kind of the the funny Auntie guy. Auntie Savannah, right? Yeah, Auntie he, Savannah, that's oh, right. <laughs> no, he 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 fits this team, the the young team with only a couple guys over thirty. The locker room loves him for sure. Justin, All right. here you go. Are you going, Justin? Did you go, Brandon Clark? I mean. I'm not gonna sit on Brandon Clark Island all by myself. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm sitting over here on Darius Baisley Island by myself right now. This is true. I'm trying to decide if I'm gonna come join you or if I'm gonna go over to. You got a social distance, bro. <laughs> I mean, like, and that's the thing. Like, you know, we could be talking about. It's tough. It, we need a couple more years, it, and it's like, yeah, th- this is the toughest one because it's the most recent. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. For sure. Um, I, 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 I think we'll ride. <laughs> We'll ride the Bays train, see where like it goes. It. I like it. I'm down with so it. So I'm gonna go ahead. Awesome. And, I'm gonna go ahead and put Baisley down as our pick uh, for this year. Um, a lot of unknowns, but we all still, regardless of who we would have chosen, we all feel good about Baisley. So I think we'll we'll go ahead and put Baisley down as our consensus pick amongst the group. Awesome. So if we're I doing like sold, I end up typing these out as we went. Um, this most recent draft, 2000. Well, I'll, I'll go in order like we did. Uh, 2009. We decided to go, obviously, James Harden at three, but um, with 25, we wanted to go Danny Green. 2010, the Thunder had the 18th pick. Uh, we wanted to keep the Eric Bledsoe pick rather than trading him to the Clippers, which ended up being a trade for Perk. 2011, we decided to stay with Reggie Jackson at the 24th pick. 2012, um, instead of Perry Jones at 28, who we all liked, we decided to go with Chris Middleton. We thought he'd be the perfect pick, uh, perfect fit for that team. 2013, number 12, sorry, Steven, we love you so much, but we went with Rudy Gobert and uh, kept Andre Robertson at 26. 2014, uh, that was pick 21, Mitch McGarry, we decided on Hood, and literally anyone else that was left on the board over Josh Cusis. <laughs> uh 2015, that was pick 14, Cameron Payne. We were split and said either Kelly Oubre or Josh Richardson. It was a split down the middle decision there. 2016, we had the 11th overall pick and decided to stick with Sabonis. Uh, 2017, uh, that was the 21st overall pick. We were all split between OG and Anobi and Kuzma. And then 2018, we had Hamadou Diallo at 45. The other two, Devin Hall and Kevin Herbie. I mean, it's just, it is what it is at that point. So we decided we would stick with Hami. And in 2019, as we just discussed, um, a lot of split feelings there because it's a very recent, but we all are still very high on Baisley. So I went ahead and put Baisley down as our consensus pick for 2019. Awesome. Love it. Sold. It's, uh, living in the past is nice. Being able to look back <laughs> right, and, exactly. and choose those players <laughs> exactly. and think about how great things would have been. Um, all right, guys. Well, any parting thoughts before we hop off of this episode today? I've got one. 
Um, and this just goes to, this is a random thought. I've always, I've, I have friends that always talk about time travel and they're like, oh yeah, time travel is going to be a real thing. This is one of those things that goes to show that time travel is not real because <laughs> if it, if it was every team would draft the best player early on and not have these second round. <laughs> I picks. love that logic. It would all go so in that, perfect order. I thought this was going to be a coronavirus kind of thing. Like someone would have warned us, no, but no, no, somebody would have drafted Giannis. Dang it. Someone would have stopped that guy in Wuhan from meeting that bat. <laughs> that's, that's how, you know, time travel is never going to be a thing because if it was a thing, even a thousand years from now, Giannis would have not have been taken 15. <laughs> This is what happens when we let Nick watch Westworld before jumping into the podcast. Seriously, yeah, I, I jumped on the pod post Westworld, so my mind is, is my mind is wandering oh. everywhere. Me, awesome. we'll have to do a, a Westworld podcast at some point during this hiatus. <laughs> yes, you guys can. I don't watch Westworld. Aw, so. you watched season yeah. one though. I watched season one. I haven't made it through season two. Fair. It's been difficult. Awesome. Well, hey, um, thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast. If this is your first time listening in we appreciate you if you're a longtime listener as always thank you so much for for paying attention to us for downloading us uh putting us in your ear holes we appreciate that greatly we're gonna try to come back with you guys pretty soon with some more content we're trying to find more things to podcast about since we don't have live games so any thoughts shoot them our way uh on twitter on instagram on facebook wherever uh tell your friends about us Hopefully you are practicing your social distancing. Uh, you're staying at home as much as you can. So let's do a good podcast while you're at home uh, and then tweet at us and tell us where we messed up and what draft picks you would have taken instead. Make sure to go to betonline.ag. 100% bonus on your first deposit. Go put in 50 bucks. They're going to give you 50 bucks. That's 100 bucks. Maths. Uh, check out Blue Wire Pods uh, at bluewirepods.com on twitter and bluewirepods.com find you some more uh, basketball nfl xfl wrestling ufc movies all kinds of stuff uh for a a new podcast to listen to while you're practicing your uh your quarantine and we will chat with you guys fairly soon please stay safe have a great beginning of your week wash your hands thoroughly for 20 seconds talk to you later thunder up Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.